Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Helen, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sarah. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be back together. We've done so many podcasts apart for International Women's Day. I know. And actually, we are very unusually recording this podcast in the daylight, I can, I can see the sun. <laughs> We're actually recording this at like half past four on a Thursday. Is that what day it is? I know. Yeah, it feels quite rare. My kids are going to come home at any point. So I said to Sarah, we're going to, we're committing to make our podcast episodes really short so they can be, you can listen to lots of different podcasts. And that is aided today by the fact that I probably got a ticking clock before my children arrive and you hear them all on this week's podcast. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, so obviously work is probably quite disruptive for quite a lot of people at the moment. And that's one aspect, all that change and uncertainty. This a particularly dramatic time but it is one aspect of squiggly careers and why we all need to really think about what's most important to us about work and where we add the most value and how we add the most value and that's what this podcast is really focused on it's about helping people to take ownership for their career to think what a good career looks like for them rather than following some kind of slightly outdated definition of a successful career and we just want to be part of people's support system in doing that so we hope that our podcast gives you some things to think about some things to inspire you and most importantly helps you to take action and today's topic is all about listening we want to talk about how you can be a brilliant listener at work and we decided to cover this because I think it's one of those things that we perhaps take for granted but then when we really think about it we realize that lots of us are not very good at this um because <laughs> I was thinking and I was thinking of all the different things that kind of get in the way of being a really good listener and I think they're things that everyone will be familiar with you know we've all been in meetings where you do want to listen but you are really mindful of you're maybe the next person to speak or you've got to get ready to make your point or perhaps you've got something that you kind of need to say from your team or your perspective and I think this idea of at that point, we're just not really listening. We're just sort of waiting for that moment, either because it's sometimes hard to interject and get heard. And we're, we are aware of that. And we're thinking, I've got to get ready because the minute that somebody pauses for breath, I kind of need to make my voice heard. Or whether it's just, you know, we're perhaps anxious about what we've got to say and we're kind of distracted a little bit by that. I was looking at Susan Cain's work and Susan Cain wrote Quiet. She talks about kind of introversion and listening kind of being a big part of one of the kind of ways in which introverts add a lot of value is they're often very good listeners. And she was saying there is zero correlation and kind of no research to prove that the best talkers have the best ideas. They're just often the person you hear the most. Mm. And I think one of the other things that gets in the way of doing a really good job of listening is just not being present. 
certainly when I was thinking back to my experiences of, say, when I had to do a lot of meetings or had a lot of different things to do within one day, you're often, like, worrying about other stuff. You're worrying about the next meeting or the time. You're thinking, I've got five minutes left and we've, we've not got <laughs> to an outcome. And actually, I was even thinking about a meeting that Helen and I had this week where I was struggling to be present because I was worried about, oh, we must make sure we leave on time because we've got to get to the next thing. And it just stops you absorbing, I think, what somebody has got to say. Anything else that gets in the way of you being a good listener, do you think, Helen? What, me personally? Yeah, because they were my ones. They were, I was thinking, what gets in the way of me listening? I think when I get a bit overexcited. Um, so <laughs> if I'm listening to you, so this actually sometimes happens on the podcast, actually. So I'll be listening to you and I'll be like, and you'll say something that will trigger a thought or an idea for me. And then I stop listening to you because I start thinking, oh, I really want to say this thing that I've got or this idea. And it's not that I'm not present. I'm really present. It's just for some reason I've switched to thinking, oh, but I need to think about the thing that I want to say so that I don't forget it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in doing that, I haven't tuned in fully to everything that you were saying. It's quite, I think it's quite, it's not meant selfishly, but it is quite selfish because I'm effectively saying the thing that I'm thinking is more important than the thing that you're saying is effectively what's going on in my brain which is when I say it like that quite <laughs> brutal and quite selfish it makes me feel horrendous but I think that that is what happens for me sometimes and I hope it comes from a good place but obviously it's not necessarily a good outcome and there's a few kind of good perspectives that are just worth bearing in mind to kind of frame the conversation today so Brené Brown has a lovely point of view where she says we should all be as passionate about listening as we are about wanting to be heard which I think is a really good starting point for all of us. Peter Drucker, who's a kind of famous management theorist, he talks about listening is not a skill, it's actually a discipline. And I was thinking, I'm not sure I would be brilliant at being able to define the difference between a skill and a discipline, but I would guess what he's kind of really getting at there is that it's almost something that you've got to uh, really commit to and practice and kind of make part of kind of who you are and there's something about the word like discipline that just implies Mm. I think that you've got to come back to it and that it's hard probably a recognition that it is hard and then the last point which I really like and we'll perhaps talk a little bit more when we start to get into some of the actions and kind of hints and tips for this week is from Nancy Klein so Nancy Klein wrote a book and uh, developed a coaching technique called time to think And she talks about the quality of your attention directly correlates to the quality of somebody else's thinking. So if somebody is interrupting you or not really listening, it actually impacts the other person's ability to kind of express their ideas and their kind of thoughts fully. And back to Susan Cain, she quotes in her book, a study of 38,000 people across loads of different sectors who found that the simple act of being interrupted is the biggest barrier to productivity. That's interesting. Yeah, and I don't think I would have necessarily guessed that that would have been the answer to that. But I've done a few exercises and kind of tools, been in workshops before where people have tested this theory, this idea of if you can let people finish their thought or if you can use the power of the pause and some kind of silence and give people space actually some of the insights and ideas that people come up with at those moments can be some of the most powerful and useful. So I I have seen it work in action and we'll talk about some of the kind of myths of listening just first, but then we're going to go into lots of actions in terms of how you can be a better listener. And before we get started with the tips, there are a couple of points that I think just useful to have in mind about what good listening looks like, uh, almost like quite like a broad level. The first is that 
really good listening is about more than just being silent. So if you're in a conversation with somebody and you sit there for the five minutes they're talking and you don't say anything, that doesn't necessarily mean you've been a really good listener. Actually, good listening can be more active than that. It can be about summarising what somebody has said or asking them maybe an open question which might provoke their thinking to go a little bit deeper or just playing back and saying, this is what I've heard, is that what you intended? So it's a bit more active than just being silent. And the other thing that's useful to have in mind is that good listening is really about being curious and sometimes people can sometimes be competitive in a conversation <laughs> so so let's say I'm talking and Sarah's thinking you know I do not agree with that point I don't agree with that point Helen and you just validated that that's the wrong thing to say and what Sarah might come back as she might be quite combative and say well actually I read something different to that Helen and it didn't show that to be true and a poor listener can almost listen quite competitively because they're sort of looking to prove you wrong or they're looking for <laughs> errors in your reasoning or your logic and that's why they're listening to you but that's not supportive listening that's not very good listening and that might be the basis that makes you brilliant at debate but it doesn't necessarily make you brilliant at being a good listener good listening is where it's more cooperative than that where the dialogue can flow in both directions and neither party is getting defensive about the other person's input do you know what that also reminds me of you know when we talk about growth mindset and when you're in a growth mindset you're in a learn it all mentality and when you're fixed mindset you're in know it all and just the differences that you just described that made me think actually when you're being a bit more of a know it all you're probably listening competitively to kind of prove yourself right and prove how much you know versus when you're listening with a growth mindset you're listening and you might still challenge but you challenge with curiosity and always about kind of learning and wanting to know more and doing that in kind of really positive ways I think those two things could link quite well Okay, so let's move on to some tips for you then. We want to really help you to think about your listening style and how you can be a brilliant listener, like what it takes to be a brilliant listener. And we've got four specific tips that we think will help you. The first one is about assessing your listening level. And it's from a piece of work that was featured in Harvard Business Review that's written by Jack Zenger and Joseph Falkman. Uh, We will link to this, so it'll be on amazingif.com so you'll be able to find it. But they outline six different levels of listening, which I'll talk Talk through for you. The point here is really to think about where am I at today? Like what is the level that I think I operate at today? And what would it take for me to get one or maybe two levels up? Like what are the actions I need to take? So level one is as a listener, you create a safe environment. And that's not so much in like the health and safety way, like are you wearing hard hats and things? I can't think of another example. But it's more about Have you created a space for someone where they feel that they can be themselves, where they can share a view that maybe they're a bit nervous about and they don't feel like they're going to be judged? Have you created that environment where they feel safe to share what they're thinking? So that's level one. Level two is as a listener, have you minimised the distractions for that conversation? You know, I try to turn my phone over because I haven't turned all the notifications off my phone. But if I see that flashing up, um, so for example, honest truth now, I am sat on my phone. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why I just didn't just turn it over. But I, I've sat on my phone so that I'm not even tempted to look at it during this podcast conversation. But whether it's your laptop, people that might interrupt you, things that might flash up, notifications, have you as a listener create an environment where distractions are minimized that's level two do you know what I used to do whenever I was interviewing someone 
I think perhaps because I was always mindful of it's really important in those scenarios to be really listening to that person and perhaps a bit of empathy of it's tough, isn't it, to, yeah. to be interviewed. I would always make sure that we were kind of facing each other and ideally, because, you know, lots of meeting rooms have kind of glass doors, that you couldn't see the people walking past because I used to find that actually I would get distracted by people coming past and perhaps, like, even waving at you or smiling at you <laughs> or even by... I've worked in some buildings that had, like, really good views and things like that. Yeah. And, and genuinely, sometimes I just end up thinking, oh, I've just... I didn't listen to that last couple of minutes of what they were just saying. I kind of had wandered off or been distracted by something. And then that was it. My mind had started kind of going off in different directions. So even thinking about where you sit in a room, I think, can really help with that. Yeah, I used to struggle at Microsoft, actually, because there was... um. If you hadn't booked a meeting room, you would go and have a meeting in the atrium, mm-hmm. which is where like the coffee bar was, where it was like the central point of the building. And you would always see people. And I love people. So that was like the worst place for me to have a one to one with someone in my team with, because you could probably guarantee that someone would come over or I'd see somebody and that would be a bad distraction for me. So yeah, that was never a great place for me, particularly for one to ones. I knew that that distraction was likely to happen. So level three is about, as a listener, you seek to understand. So it's not about seeking to be understood, which is you expressing your opinion. It's about you really seeking to understand the other person's perspective. So you might uh, capture ideas. You might ask some open questions. You might restate some of the issues. It's what I talked about earlier. Level four is about, as a listener, you are observing non-verbal cues. So the research says that as much as 80% of what we communicate is not through our kind of verbal language. It's from all of the non-verbal cues. So it's from somebody playing with their face or playing with their hands or rubbing their hair or looking around or looking nervous. It's all that sort of information that we leak. And that level four is about you being able to look at the entire message that someone is communicating both verbally and non-verbally level five which is really all about empathy it's about understanding emotion so as a listener you are able to identify you're able to acknowledge and you're also able to empathize with the emotion that somebody is showing and I think you know Brené Brown is an amazing person to look at if you think well how do I do that practically she's got so much work on how you can do that And level six, the final and highest level, is that you can ask questions which might clarify some assumptions that the other person's holding. It can help them to see the issue maybe in a new light. I think this is getting towards coaching listening in a way. So if Sarah's saying something and she maybe has repeated the same point a few times, I might say to Sarah, oh, one of the things that you've expressed there is the importance in achievement in your work. How do you think that might affect some of the people that work for you? And that would show that I had listened to Sarah, I'd, I'd heard that she'd said something repeatedly, and I was playing that back to her to help her to think much more deeply. And that level six coaching level of questioning and active listening is quite an advanced level of listening according to these kind of six levels. So having heard those six levels, the thing for you to think about is where am I today? So if I was thinking about it, I think I am probably at about a level four. So that one is I've created a safe environment. I've minimized distractions. I seek to understand and I observe nonverbal cues. I think I'm good at that, though it's probably worth me getting some feedback on it. And I think my development areas to move me further up those scales are about acknowledging and empathizing emotion. Not sure I always do that. And not asking some of those deeper questions not just when I'm in a coaching conversation but even in a normal conversation with somebody maybe asking some of those questions to clarify assumptions that's probably something that I could do more in the conversations I have with people what about you Sarah? 
Oh, I was just thinking one of the things I think though you are brilliant at is that the level three description of seeking to understand, asking questions, restating issues. I see you do that so well, so often. And then that does show that you are listening fully and in a really present way, because sometimes I'll still be trying to figure something out or thinking about things and you do that and I kind of see that and think oh that's useful because it gives me a bit more time to absorb and and reflect so you definitely do three brilliantly I think that's one of the things you're very good at and then yeah I can see how you might sometimes think oh maybe some of the others are a bit tougher I'm trying to think I'm interested in whether the levels are linear Mm, I knew you were gonna say that (laughs) I knew it (laughs) so um this is probably where we're different I sometimes feel like some of the ones I'm better at are some of the higher levels but some of the ones that I need to remember that are important are some of kind of the earlier ones I think again it probably links a little bit like we we're talking about the growth mindset this also probably links to your natural strengths I suspect just thinking now about where you're particularly good I think where I'm particularly good at times is more the empathy with emotions is maybe they're asking coaching questions because that's more naturally my style and some of the things that I'm good at and have spent a lot of time doing I don't think I'm always brilliant at the kind of summarizing and being concise in the same way that you are sometimes I don't minimize distractions and I kind of know that I've not and then get very frustrated and I'm not always brilliant at staying very focused so I think actually for me it's not a where am I levels one to six I think it's um, probably more squiggly than that I think it's fair to say I also knew you were going to say that well whether you look at it in a linear fashion or whether you look at it in a squiggly fashion we'll put those levels on the website and maybe treat it as a bit of a checklist and think about what am I doing brilliantly today and what could I do even better if planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And so the next tip is thinking about this idea that we mentioned around Nancy Klein's time to think. I have seen this action a few times and probably been potentially a little bit sceptical or cynical and then watched it happen as kind of an observer when I was kind of trained to be a coach and just thought, oh, wow, that's actually brilliant. One kind of idea or something that you can test out in terms of time to think and to see how useful it can be is just a really simple exercise, maybe something you could do in your teams or just with someone you know really well. Have a go at taking it in turns 
to some one person to talk and the other person to listen without interrupting somebody for three minutes. Three minutes does not sound that long, but when you do this exercise, it feels like a lifetime. A, as a listener, we're so used to acting more normally and either interrupting or asking questions or kind of making some sort of at least noises of encouragement. So it's actually a really hard thing to do. And when you talk about something for three minutes, initially it's fine. If you want to kind of do this when I've done this before, it's like just talk about something that you're really passionate about for three minutes. That's kind of a good question to ask. Or talk about something you're finding hard at work at the moment for three minutes and see how you get on. What's interesting is what people say in that last 40 to 30 seconds, I would say, because by then you've run out of all the obvious stuff. You've paused for thought. And then the nuggets of gold and insight that come out in that last 30 seconds where it feels awkward. By that point, I'm sweating usually, you know, it's like, oh, God, this is really cringy. But people do really have breakthrough moments of thinking in what is quite a short space of time, really. So I think if you are trying to help someone get unstuck or if you're struggling, or you could probably even do this exercise with yourself, actually going through a couple of questions and just talking for three minutes and just even if that last minute you're silent, that's fine. But go all the way through to the last minute is a really helpful way of testing that the quality of somebody else's attention directly relates to the quality of your thinking. And I think one other thing on this, if you're thinking about how do you create more time to think in a world where this is often a really big challenge, you know, we always feel like we've got too much to do, not enough time, really long to-do lists. So actually just getting time to think. Actually figure out what environment helps you to do this. So I remember once trying to do this in the middle of a very busy day and it was an absolute disaster because obviously I was being stupid and I was sort of trying to shoehorn something in at like the wrong moment of a day and actually for me I know now the best time for me to think is you know if I'm doing it by myself is to go for a walk um, by myself in kind of green spaces if I'm trying to do really kind of deep reflective thinking about myself like when in a day might you do that you know physically what kind of spaces are you in if you know that you're maybe a manager um, and somebody needs to have what is quite a tough conversation you can anticipate that or you need to have a tough conversation with someone where you really need to listen you need to give them lots and lots of attention give yourself the best possible chance of success. Don't do what I did and try and do it in the middle of a really busy Monday because I, I really remember it and I really remember how wrong it went. So yeah, create the right environment and then just try that, giving people that space, doing the kind of awkward pause and just see what comes next. Do you know what I've discovered? Because I mean it with good intent, but I often do the, you know, you're talking there about you might try to be supportive and go, mm, yeah, yeah. Like those kind of like slight interjections. Sometimes I've listened back to our podcast and I really irritate myself because I, <laughs> I, I, for some, I did it actually, I was listening back to one of the International Women's Day uh, podcasts, which was the one that was about men supporting women and being kind of allies for women at work. And I was listening to the conversation that I had with Josh Graf at LinkedIn. And I was so into that conversation. I was like loving everything that Josh was saying. And so I start going, I'm like, mm, mm. Mm. Like, oh, no. and I was like, Helen, why? Why did you mm so much? But it was because I was just really in it and with it. But it doesn't, I mean, I don't know if Josh was aware of it, but certainly listening back to it, I thought I added no value, I don't think. I don't think to what Josh was saying there. I don't know why I was doing it. I think actually for other people, it probably would have been better if I'd been silent. So I'm trying to be more aware of those unintentional interruptions. 
<laughs> no. So our third tip is about resisting your emotional responses. And this is kind of partly linked to that last point that I said. When you are having thoughts and feelings about what's being said, whether you think it's amazing and you're like, mm-mm, all over the place, or whether you're thinking, yeah, I don't think I agree, and you're like, meh, and you're kind of making those sorts of noises, that response, that emotional response to what someone is saying affects the quality of your listening particularly if you disagree because you're often interjecting with your opinion or maybe if you agree you might be interjecting with your ideas but what's happening is we're not staying fully present and we're not giving the person that we're listening to the space to keep talking to share their view so the really important thing here is to withhold your judgment and your opinion in a conversation and particularly if you think I don't I disagree with what this person is saying you don't have to justify your perspective maybe just get more curious about theirs and say you know can you help me to understand a little bit more I'm curious about where that perspective's come from and how it applies I'd love to hear a little bit more about that get curious about them don't try and prove why you feel something different and you want to justify that so resist your emotional responses withhold judgment and stay curious and then the last point and I find this a bit depressing given what we spend lots of our time doing is how do you make listening last So whenever you look at any of the stats in terms of how much we remember and recall versus what we've listened to, it's always a really small percentage. So after we've just learned something, apparently we forget a half to a third of it within eight hours. (laughs) Um, And if you've listened to a talk, Florida State University and Michigan University said that they thought two months after listening to a talk, the average listener remembers about 25% of what was said. That was higher than I imagined it would even be. So if you are the listener, how can you help yourself to make that percentage higher? So actually, you're kind of making the listening stick. What you've heard, you remember it and you use it again. And obviously, this is just more efficient because then you don't have to have the same conversation. One of the things I'm really guilty of is wasteful thinking and ideas. And then I come back to them again and again because I sort of haven't found a way of making them kind of stick or live outside of my brain, essentially. So a couple of tips for kind of how you can do that when you're listening to people. And I think you have to figure out what feels appropriate and useful for you. So the first one is to create a visual reference point. And actually, I'm noticing a real trend in people who are coming to our talks or workshops. More and more people afterwards are sharing with me some sort of diagram or visual or something that they've created to summarise what it is that they've learned and kind of what they've heard. And when I say to them, oh, that's amazing, they'll always be like, oh, no, this is the way that I, if I don't do this, I can't remember things. I Mm. I kind of can't get it to stick. That could be something that could be really useful for you. It's actually also why we draw in our workshops. We do live drawing and we do that because often when I say to people in a week's time, what can you remember about what we've said? It's often the visuals that people can remember. So I do think, you know, we're made to kind of remember and recall images probably more so than words or kind of what people say so if that works for you I mean I think you have to be a bit careful because in some organizations if you were seen to be doodling I think some places that's okay maybe some places that's not because people might be like are you actually listening or are you distracted some people do mind maps don't they which is probably like a more corporate version of the doodle (laughs) that's true that's true yeah so if you can even be writing down certain words and I think that's the other thing that you can do is if you write down key statements or keywords that you want to remember from kind of what you've heard I was actually mentored by somebody last week who said to me actually if you can just remember 
one really insightful thing from kind of people that you are kind of being mentored by and if you can take that with you that's actually more than kind of most people so often we kind of go oh that's all really interesting but actually again if you said in a week's time what can you remember so sometimes you have to make that memorable I think you have to take what you've heard absorb it and then put it into your own words or into a phrase that kind of feels very kind of sticky to you with sticky language I've been doing that with that um, CEO mentoring. So I've been mentored every month by different people at the moment. And I have the conversation with them for an hour. And when I'm listening, I just sort of capture words that they're saying. So I just sort of write it down. And I don't really try and make sense of it. I'm just listening and capturing words. I'm asking questions and checking I've understood at at level three of listening. And then afterwards, I look back at what I've written. And I try to create sound bites so that it makes it what I've heard sticky for me so I'm just trying to think of some of them that are really stuck don't idealize your ideas something else was said to me but I've sort of distilled what I've heard into a soundbite that I can remember and make sure that you are youthful at work again that wasn't what someone said but their essence of what I heard was about you know making sure you put as much of what you are uniquely good at into your jobs and I've remembered that as being youthful at work pictures help me sometimes particularly if I'm presenting they help me to remember what to present but for me to listen in order to make that listening last for me it's those sound bites that really make it sort of sticky also you are the queen of sound bites I think because you are so good at summarizing I mean I've never seen anything like it whenever I write anything I basically send it to Helen and just say well if you could just create a couple of sound bites now I've written two pages and then Helen comes up with three incredible sound bites so I think between us we're perhaps a good combination well I hope so I hope so <laughs> so I hope that was useful there are some really good resources this week for listening there's been some really interesting research and some kind of good things that you can delve into in more detail. So if you want to access those, just go on to amazingif.com and we'll make sure they're there for you. And thank you so much to everybody who does take the time to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It makes a really big difference to where we are in the charts, Apple sharing it with other people. So if you're listening, if you're a new listener or it's just one of those things you've not got round to, you don't even have to actually write a review. I discovered this week you can just do the star rating. And if people are new or don't know, you can find us on Instagram. We're just at Amazing If. Helen does brilliant daily career tips and really Instagram is where we kind of share a lot of what we're doing, different ideas, kind of hints and tips about kind of all things career. Or if you ever want to email us, we're just get in touch at amazingif.com. And we always like to hear different ideas or for podcast episodes, kind of things to do in the future. So thanks very much for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks everyone. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.